What's up, NBA fans? Welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press. I'm your host, Nick, and I am joined by Jawan. What's up, Jawan? What's going on, Nick? Uh, nothing much, man. Just ready to get into it, man. It's uh, It's been a, a really fun first week of NBA basketball, right? Absolutely. Yeah, man. It's been great. Like, this... Um, this off season was terrific. It's transitioned into a great first week of basketball, and I think we're going to be in for a treat as far as how this season's going to play out. It really, like, it seemed like last season was kind of preordained. This season, maybe not so much. We'll see how it all plays out, but we'll get into it all and break it all down. Juwan is with me now. Joel's going to join us a little bit later. Um, but let's go ahead and, uh, and and jump into something that I want to talk about. Before we get into our awards picks, um, hopefully uh, Joelle will be able to join us before we jump into that. I kind of want to just talk to you a little bit, Juwan, about this Eric Bledsoe situation. Um, so obviously the Suns want to move Eric Bledsoe. They've kind of, I mean, it's kind of been like an unspoken thing for about a year, maybe. Um, Like, they they kind of tried to move him last year, and they didn't feel like they got a good enough offer. Um, So, you know, they kind of waited. And um, right now, uh, I I heard earlier today, they want want to deal him to the Bucs, but they want Malcolm Brogdon. Um, If you're the Bucs, are you willing to make that trade? Are you willing to give up Malcolm Brogdon, who was rookie of the year last year? Granted, um, he was the rookie of the year on some extenuating circumstances. We all know Joel Embiid was the best rookie last year, but he only played 31 games. Um, so thus, Malcolm Brogdon ended up winning the award. Um, nevertheless, a really talented player, um, They've got him on on the cheap. I think he's like $1.3 million a year right now um, for for this season. Um, If you're you're the Bucs, are you willing to give up Malcolm Malcolm Brogdon, uh, you know, plus, you know, some some cap filler? Obviously, you'll be able to shed like a a John Henson or a Matthew Delavidova or something like that. Um, to get some cap space off your books. Uh, in order to get Eric Bledsoe, are you willing to pull the trigger on that trade? I, I honestly am. Uh, I look at Brogdon and I go, he's really good defensively. So is um, Bledsoe. Uh, you mentioned that to me. I didn't really believe it at first, but, you know, that that's a really good point. Bledsoe is pretty good defensively. Great, um, yeah. But the biggest, yeah. But the biggest thing that comes down to me is um, offensive intangibles. Now Brogdon can can score not necessarily as efficiently as, you know, you'd want him to, but he doesn't really need to cuz Giannis is carrying most of the load and then you have Middleton right. who still needs uh some touches. At some point Jabari's going to need touches, Don needs. So you don't need a, a a ball dominant point guard. Um but Bledsoe could definitely bring something to the table. The only saying, um, well, actually, I take that back. I was going to say I wouldn't make the trade unless Bledsoe commits, but he doesn't have to because he has two more years left on his deal. Right. 
Um, right. So it just comes down to it comes down to youth. Bledsoe's not like 32 or anything, but obviously Brogdon's way younger, and they kind of do the same things as far as I think efficiency might be the only difference between the two. Um, but I agree with you on the point that you made of Brogdon was not the rookie of the year last year. Um, I don't think they should have held that against Embiid. But uh, to your question, if I'm the Bucks, I don't know. I don't know. Because I've been watch- I was watching Brogdon last year, and there is an upside, but he can't fulfill that upside on a team with Giannis because Giannis is, is going to need to be dominant for them to get far. Um, well, so, I mean, I, I don't know. Go ahead. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'll add this. I, I mean, Brogdon's a better shooter than Bledsoe, but I ultimately agree with you that Bledsoe is a better scorer. And there is this notion that I've seen floating around um, different uh, forms of social media that Eric Bledsoe is some kind of ball-dominant point guard, which is utterly absurd. He is not He is not a ball-dominant player. Um, he plays well with the ball in his hand, but he also plays well off-ball. Um, I mean, he's, he, he's certainly not a, a player that needs the ball in his hand to be effective. He is effective with the ball in his hand, but he doesn't have to have it in his hand. Um, I, my thing is this. I, I like the trade if and only if um, they can move Delavadova and John Henson because both of those guys are on roughly three-year, close to $10 million a year uh, contracts. Um, so if they can move both of those guys in the deal, say they move Brogdon, Delavadova, and John Henson, and they get back um, – Obviously, Bledsoe. Uh, let's say, let's say they get back Ulysses to be their backup point guard, um, and then you know just a throw-in player because uh, Phoenix obviously um, can't can't keep 16 players. They you know they would have that. So like like a like a like a Jones Jr. Um, especially since uh, Phoenix already has uh, uh, Warren and. They also, of course, have Josh Jackson, who they just drafted. Um, I think if they could pull off that kind of three-person trade where Milwaukee can unload some cap space, they'd save $5 million this year. Um, and uh, obviously they have to pay Jabari Parker next year. Um, he comes off of his rookie deal. Um, and then uh, Chris Middleton has a player option in two years. Um, which he will obviously opt out of and, and try to get a, a big payday. Um, so if you can mm-hmm. if you can cut cap space like that, uh, I think in that scenario it would be worth giving up Malcolm Brogdon. Anything it, else? It, no, I would not do it because I think Malcolm Brogdon has the potential to be a really solid player in this league. And the biggest thing to me is you can keep Malcolm Brogdon – you have Malcolm Brogdon because of restricted free agency locked down for five, six, seven years, whereas with Bledsoe, you only have a guarantee of two years. Um, so it, to me, it all boils down to money. If you can make the money work, if you can, 
if you can shed a few contracts that you maybe regret signing, i.e. Henson, Delavadova, um, and get back, you know, uh, players that will fit your roster and make that work, um, then do it. Um, but if you can't, if Phoenix is not willing to take on those contracts, then th- I'm not doing it. That's just that's how I look at it. What do you think about that? Um, no, I, I don't disagree with anything you said. Uh, I rarely do. But, no, seriously, I definitely didn't disagree with anything you said there. I think if I'm the buck, I don't pull the trigger on Brogdon, even if the money and stuff works, only because if you're the Bucks, you're paying attention to how Phoenix is playing this. And Phoenix is playing this very closely to the same way the Knicks did with Stephon Marbury when D'Antoni didn't want him there and then had him mm-hmm. sitting, like, in the crowd still making, yeah. I think it was, like, $20 million a game. <laughs> yeah, well, not I think a game, it was. But, it was, like, know, 18 million, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you have the same thing with Bledsoe. Uh, you know, he was sent home. They said he's not coming back to play a game. So he's essentially sitting home and still getting paid. So if you're the other 30-something teams in the NBA, what you got to be telling yourself is Phoenix is in no rush to get rid of this guy. They're willing to make him stay home (laughs) for as long as they possibly legally can get away with. Um, So if you're any other team in the NBA, you should not be as desperate as Phoenix is wanting you to be. Because they're not desperate. Right. They don't. They could care less. They play 82 games, and he plays none well, of them. Well, yeah, and the interesting thing is they've won the last two games that he set out, you know? Like, uh, so, I mean, that that in and of itself is kind of a, a maybe ironic. Uh, definitely um, uh, interesting, to say the least. Um, my, my, my thing is uh, – this too, um, I think if if I'm if I'm Milwaukee, I'm gonna wait and see if Denver is gonna offer up Moutier and and um, Fareed because I mean I think that that's just the most logical easy trade that makes sense to me um, because uh, Phoenix could utilize Fareed better than Denver can and Moutier is a young point guard that at least. Um, they could, you know, try to make work. Um, I would obviously rather have Brogdon, um, but if I'm Milwaukee, I'm kind of on a wait, wait and see mold as far as uh, like if, if push comes to shove, I would, you know, offer the deal that I just told you. Um, but you know, when it when it all comes down to it, I I would really want to hold on to Brogdon. Um, Joel is now with us. Joel, what's up, my friend? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, nothing much, man. Joe, We're just Joe talking Baggins. about this. <laughs> We're just talking about uh, well, we decided to open the show with the um, trade rumors surrounding Pleso. So uh, Milwaukee uh, is is the number one trade target for them right now. They want Brogdon. If you are Milwaukee. Are you willing to give up Brogdon plus, you know, something to make the cap work, probably a John Henson, um, in order to get Eric Bledsoe? Uh, personally, yes. I'm not as high on Brogdon. I like Brogdon. Uh, I just think he was uh, it was a situational thing. I don't think on a, on a good rookie season for most of these guys, he probably wouldn't have won it. 
Um, not to take anything away from the kid. I think he's talented. I'm just I'm saying I think I would. I was I've seen the year of Brogdon. I think he's good. I think uh where the Bucks are to take it to the next level, I think getting Bledsoe would probably be a little more important for them, right? Maybe at the moment. So I think it can help them and I would. I would do it I mean I think hard about it. Um, but I definitely I'd definitely do it. Yeah, well, um, now that you're with us, this is this was my thought on it, and I, I want to get your opinion on this. Um, I, you know, I said I would do it as well, um, but here was my stipulation, and let me know what you think about this from the Suns' perspective. Um, my stipulation was, um, if if I give you Brogdon, you've got to take Delavadova, and you've got to take John Henson, and we get back as the Bucks. We get back Eric Bledsoe. Um, we'll take uh, Jones Jr. Um, uh, just because, I mean, for the Suns, you don't really need him. You got Josh Jackson. You got Warren. You've got um, um, uh, uh, Dudley. Um, so you've got plenty of small forwards. You don't need him. But the, the Bucks could certainly use a, a backup small forward. Um, and we'll take back uh, Ulysses because – uh, Ulysses has taken a, a big step back from his little um, peak from last year. Uh, Mike Mike James has stepped in and, and really played well at their point guard position. Um, he's definitely won the spot over Ulysses. Um, so that that would be my my trade offer uh, to them. Like if if you if you want Brogdon, I'll give you Brogdon, but you got to take our two three year. Ten million ish dollar contracts in Delavadova and Henson because you know if you're the Bucks you have to re-sign um, uh, both Middleton Middleton in two years and you have to re-sign um, uh, Jabari Parker next year so you're you're like basically the reason you do that trade even though you're not getting it as as much talent back. Um, even though you are getting Bledsoe, uh, you know you're getting the best player in the deal, but you're giving three quality players back to the other team. But you know the contract situation, um, it, you know, uh, is is um, something that the the Bucks have to concern themselves with because they're already over the salary cap and well over the salary cap. What do you think about that? As far as the Suns, do you think that the Suns would consider that a reasonable offer? Uh, I don't know if they'll love it, but I, I, if I'm the son, if I get a young guy like like a Brogdon and you get a veteran in, in Della Vadova, I, I definitely consider it. I mean, it doesn't hurt. I mean, obviously you don't like the contracts there, but Della Vadova is not a bad guy for any team. Um, uh, John Hens also not a bad guy. <laughs> so it's not like you're getting terrible players, you get, but you're, not, you're just not getting right. really good contracts. But they're not going to cripple you, those contracts, either. So I would definitely say, yeah, it's not a bad idea. Work. Yeah. See, to me, that's the that's the best kind of Brogdon trade that I can piece together, um, which, as everybody knows, I love to try to piece together trades. Um, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, now do. that we're all here, yes, I do. Now that we're all here, let's get into the, the, the main event. We're going to break down our awards predictions, um, and then after that, we're going to get into the week week one of our play. Um, so we got a lot of a lot of topics coming up. Um, so without further ado, most 
valuable player, MVP. Joel, who you got? Uh, I had to weigh my options here, but um, I made this prediction before the season started, and I'm sticking to it for now. Obviously, things can change. (laughs) But as of right now, uh, I'm going with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, Um, you made it before the season started, too. Like, nice. I did. I did. I was. I didn't expect to play this good. I was like, holy shit. But yeah. I was, um. But I did. I had it up there, and I'm like, ah, uh, I'm gonna keep it. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it there. Um. He was well, the one. God damn right. You're gonna keep it after what he's been playing right now. <laughs> I, I was. I was like, do I do onto the Kumpo or do I go Westbrook again? Because I figured Westbrook last year. I, I was weighing three options. I was like Westbrook, Harden, or onto the Kumpo. And I'm like, I've liked what I've seen so far out of him. I think this is his year to, like, make a push. And I'm like, let's see him do it. That It was a stretch, but I said, fuck it. And so far, it looks good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it looks really good. Um, Jawan, uh, well, let me just say this. If anybody out there had any other pick than Asa going into the season, if, you know, a week into the season, you're not second-guessing your pick, you're – insane um, because the guy has just been balling like it's been ridiculous it really has um, but Juwan let me go to you uh, who do you have as your MVP for the season well I do not remember who my pick was so I will not try to hop on that Giannis <laughs> bandwagon like I would love to um, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with LeBron main reason I'm going to go with LeBron is um, he's looking to do something that has not been done before. Uh, someone this far in his career, I believe, in year 15, winning an MVP. Uh, he's already creating a sob story to where when we get kind of to the midpoint, a lot of these guys who are going to be voting for MVP are going to start using this, uh, not necessarily terminology, but, you know, the fact that Isaiah was gone for beginning of the season, Wade is in and out of injury, Rose has been out, LeBron's had to play point guard, he's had to play small forward, you know, um, he's looking to, to try to, even though showing from that Nets game doesn't look like he can sustain it, but he's trying to, uh, you know, shoot 80% and better from the free throw line. There's just so much to it. That didn't work out so much the other night, though. No, it did not. No, it did not. Not off to a good start, I'll say. Um, But LeBron's one of those guys that could create a sob story enough to at least be in that 1A, 1B conversation for MVP. And, you know, and that's not to take away from his numbers because his numbers are good, right, to to start the season. Oh, yeah. Not as dominant as as Giannis is, but they're still almost – they're bordering triple-doubles. They're bordering triple-doubles, so – uh, if he maintains this and then they go to the finals and he has a phenomenal playoff run, I, I, I don't see how LeBron doesn't get it. The only reason, Joel, I gave the edge to LeBron is because because of Giannis's youth, I, I don't know if I'm 100% sold on him being able to maintain this level of play completely throughout the entire regular season. So I, I wasn't 100% on that yet. I mean, he started off on fire, but I'm not 100% sure he can maintain this. We know LeBron usually always 
floats around uh, the numbers that he's at now. Uh, so I see LeBron being more consistent throughout the regular season. Like I said, he's already created a sob story. Um, you know, him also with the, the ankle and then him saying, you know, his shooting hand or whatever, the fact that some of his best players are out of injury, I just see that all going into him becoming the MVP this year. Okay, yeah. No, that's a, that's a really uh, compelling argument. It's interesting because um, for, for our listeners out there, um, other than a, a, a small snafu from Jawan uh, sending us his picks earlier, which I have not seen. I think I think Joel may have seen them. Um, maybe didn't look at all of I them, didn't. but saw some of them at least. Um, but uh, you you did or did not see them, Joel? I saw I saw some of them, and then I'm like, maybe I should just wait. Yeah, that was the plan. So, like, none of us, like, this is mostly off the cuff. Like, none of us know who 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 is picking who. Um, but the interesting thing that I, I wanted to point out was um, my, uh, again, preseason, because my picks were, were done preseason, um, my two picks were LeBron and Giannis. Like, I thought one or the other would win the MVP. Um, Giannis, because he is the guy on his team, and I really think the Bucks are going to do well this year. I think they're in line for the number three or four spot in the East, and I think it's going to be really close as to um, where they line up. Um, and now that, you know, Boston lost Hayward, I think it's very possible that they could even make a push for that second spot in the East. Um, and, you know, I mean, last year Boston made the first seed as far as as far as the playoffs. So, I mean, you never know how Cleveland's going to uh, figure into the whole equation, especially after um, having a totally revamped roster. Um, so Giannis was definitely uh, on my radar, and I thought long and hard about picking him. But I'm with you, Juwan. I picked I picked LeBron. Um, in I, I I should say I picked LeBron um, <laughs> uh, because honestly I you know after the, the start to the season that Giannis said I, I I think I might be having a little virus remorse, but I'm gonna stick with it um, because of this. Um, I know a lot of people say LeBron doesn't care about regular season, yada, yada, yada. And that is true. Like, LeBron doesn't really care about the regular season because he doesn't care if he's an eighth seed. Like, as long as LeBron's team is in the playoffs, he knows he is going to uh, rule the playoffs and make it to the finals in the East. Like, that's just that's the way it's going to happen. Like, um, and the biggest thing to me as it pertains to LeBron, how many MVPs does MJ have? He's got five. How many MVPs does LeBron have? He has four. LeBron is chasing ghosts. We all know this. He wants to be on that same level as MJ. I think this is his last, like, really, really legit year to win MVP. I don't think there's going to be that many more years left where he can do it. It's like the perfect storm for him to do it. Russell Westbrook just got two all-stars 
join his team. Uh, James Harden, who was second in the MVP voting last year, just got Chris Paul. Um, there are just so many players. Like, really, I think LeBron's only real competition is Giannis. And, you know, they lost Kyrie. They're not going to have IT until, you know, the middle of the season. Like, LeBron has this team. This is ultimately his team as much as it's ever been. Um, And I expect him to play like that. And I think he wants that MVP. He won't say it, but he wants it. And I think he will play up to those, like, standards. And I think – I expect LeBron to average a triple-double this year. He saw Russell do it last year. He knows he is every bit as good of a player if, you know, and he knows he's better than Russell Westbrook. Let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, LeBron is yeah. still the best player in the NBA. Um, mm-hmm. And he is fully capable of doing it. I think he will do it. I think he's going to average a triple-double. And even the haters aren't going to be able to deny him the MVP unless Giannis somehow just you know, continues this crazy uh, stat line that he's got going on right now. But I'm going to go with LeBron. I'm going to stick with my pick, too, and I'm going to take LeBron. Right? I just I'm going to say this, Nick. Yes. I'm going to say this. Giannis' shot, for anyone who's like, nah, LeBron's going to get it. You know, he's the older guy. He's a more consistent guy. I say this. That is the same thing we assumed that I believe either first or second year he was in Miami, and Derrick Rose won it. Right. Um, so we should we should we should well, keep that in mind that we were ready to not, just hand it to LeBron, but Rose had such a huge season mm-hmm. that there was no way you could deny that just because you loved LeBron. Right. So if and Giannis not, can kind of mirror that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and let's not forget like. The MVP is such a kind of fickle award. Like, they don't like to give it out to people who have already won it. Like, you got to be, like, you're not, like, if you've already won it, especially won it four times, you, you, you're you not competing against the other players at that point. You're competing against your past um, uh, winnings. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. you really have to yeah you I mean you have to really like there's no reason Steve Nash should have won the MVP twice over Shaq like once maybe twice no um, like the, it's just a fickle award um, so you know there 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 are plenty of examples of Carl uh, uh, Malone winning it and I think in ninety seven or ninety eight one of those years. Uh, over MJ, like no, like everybody knows MJ was the best player in the <laughs> NBA, but like Carl Malone won it because you know he had a really damn good season. <laughs> he was the second best player in the NBA, and you know they were tired of giving it to MJ. But I think that could also bode um, kind of in LeBron's favor because he hasn't won it in a while. Um, I don't think he's mm-hmm. won it since what eleven was the last year that he won it. Um, uh, well, maybe maybe thirteen. I don't know. I can't remember. I was going to say thirteen because like, I know go, if you go, I know Katie. Go back. Yeah, Katie won it, and then Steph won it a couple times, and then Russ won it. Um, yeah. right. 
Yeah. So it was, so before, like, it was before KD. Right. So, like, you know, it's been a while. It's been at least, like, five years, um, at least by the time, like, the, the award gets handed out. So maybe that'll bode well for him. Um, but anyway, let's move on. Um, I like it. I like how we're uh, already, like, right on page with the most valuable player. I think we all had great picks and we all had great reasons why. Defensive player of the year. Um, Joel, who do you have as your defensive player of the year? In my mind, there are three candidates. Please tell me you're picking one of them. Um, I I hope I did. Uh, I can't say Ooh. I do because I'm not sure exactly who's on your list. But um, right. personal, personally, maybe I'm a little biased, but because I I like the Jazz so much, I'm going to go <laughs> Rudy. My daddy long legs. I think he's got the ability, obviously, <laughs> to do it. And if the Jazz make the playoffs, it's because he's protecting the paint. Yeah, no, man, I I totally get you. I love Rudy Gobert. I think that's a great pick. He's definitely one of my um, one of my three finalists. Um, I mean, I the guy the guy protects the paint. Um, he he does so much on the defensive end um, that it, and, and like so much that's like if you watch Jazz games, there, there's so much that he does that is not like really cataloged and stats like the way can switch on people um, is is uh, really impressive. Um, the only team that I, I've really seen him struggle with switching is the Warriors. And, I mean, who doesn't struggle against the Warriors? I mean, the only team that I can think of who, like, doesn't struggle with the Warriors is Memphis, and that's just mind-boggling to me. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I totally think Rudy Gobert is a totally great um uh, great pick on your part. Um, Jawan, who you got for uh, Defensive Player of the Year? Uh, sadly, because it's a podcast and people like to hear uh, us differ, um, it's the same. It's Rudy Gobert. Um, oh. I- I'm, looking at, I'm looking at his numbers. Uh, 11.4 re- rebounds per game, 2.2 blocks per game, and like you were saying, another thing that just doesn't show up on the stat sheet is like just his pure presence. Like when you're driving to the lane and he slides over, you're not going as aggressive. Well, unless you're Blake, but you're not going as aggressively as you thought you were going to, because he's going to go up and contest you. Um, So, you know, presence is definitely a huge thing. Uh, I I was just kind of scouring and I'm curious to hear what your other two picks are, but I was kind of scouring the league a little bit with the, you know, the most notable guys that would be, uh, defensive player of the year, and their stats kind of weren't jumping off off the screen um, like Rudy's were uh, as of as of now, this early in the season. So uh, I definitely went with Rudy, and he's averaging fourteen point four points per game. Uh, someone with his size who doesn't really have a jumper or that great of of, of moves in in the post, while still averaging eleven rebounds and two point two blocks per game. Yeah, I mean, I think I know who, who, who else is on your list, and maybe I should have given him more attention, but his little injury thing that, that, that's happening right now is why mm-hmm. I, uh, I went with Rudy. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I get that. I mean, to me, it, it comes down to three guys. There are three guys who just personify what you want in defense in the NBA, 
And it is obviously, as you all mentioned, Rudy Gobert. It is Draymond Green and Kawhi Leonard. And Kawhi Leonard is my guy. Um, I Draymond Green won it last year. Um, I think Kawhi is just, I feel like in any given year, he should be just your default defensive player of the year. Um, he's just, anybody who can guard the wing as well as he can, um, which that's the, that's the thing that, that stands out to me that makes the difference. Because we all know the NBA is wing-centric. That's the way today's NBA is. And anybody who can guard the wing as well as Kawhi Leonard can automatically deserves props over somebody who guards the paint. Um, because the, the league isn't paint-oriented anymore. Um, so while I totally understand Rudy Gobert as both of y'all's picks, I would understand anybody who picked Draymond Green. Um, uh, my personal pick would have to be Kawhi Leonard just because of the way that he guards the whole floor. Um, I mean, he can, guard, he can guard the outside. If you try to move inside, he can guard you. If you try to push him up, he can guard you. Um, he's just terrific. And I know we haven't seen him play yet because um, he's, you know, he's injured. But when he comes back, I just, I just have to think that he's going to continue his evolution as a player um, and he's going to, you know, end up winning the award uh, again this season, I think for the third or fourth time, because um, he's just that good. He's the best wing defender in the league, um, and I don't think there's any argument um, about that uh, as far as uh, anybody who, who really follows basketball. So, um, yeah, that's that's got to be my pick, Kawhi. Going with my man. Um, all right, let's move on. Sixth man of the year. This is a really interesting one for me because I will – let me start it out with this. I will um, go to you, Joel, and then Juwan, um, but I want to start it out with – I originally had Marcus Smart as my sixth man of the year, and I, I just really thought the way that he would complement the roster – that the Celtics had, had put together would be super interesting to watch, especially the way he played in the playoffs last um, last year. Um, I thought he took a lot of steps forward. And never forget, contract year. Contract year is always when you want to play the best, and usually you get a lot out of players in their contract year. Um, I'm going – I have changed that pick – and I will let you all know what my pick has changed to um, because of the Gordon Hayward injury and the rotational differences and everything else. Um, But anyway, um, Joel, let me start with you. Who is your sixth man of the year? Let me start by saying that's a very good choice if things didn't happen the way they did. That's not a bad choice at all. Unfortunately, it should happen, and it might not be that way because of situation, unfortunately, for them. Um, I went with the boring pick because I couldn't think of anybody in particular that uh, that might stand out. Um, I mean, obviously, there's the, the every year guys, which are like Lou Williams and Jamal Crawford and, and now Eric Gordon. Um, so I went with Eric Gordon because 
I think that's that's what he's meant to do. I think he won it last year. I think he's going to do it again this year. If the Houston Rockets are going to be successful with him um, doing what he does. Unfortunately, with Chris Paul out for like the whole month, that kind of fucks it up. But that was my choice in the beginning of the season before the injury happened. So, shit happens, you know. Yeah, indeed. I mean, that's I mean, similar situation to my pick. Um, but I think, um, at least with your pick, um, I, I don't think Chris Paul is going to be out that long. Um, and, I, I, you know, I definitely think Eric Gordon will find himself back in that kind of six-man role. Um, Juwan, uh, who's your six-man pick? Um, I'm going with somebody who's way out of left field. But if you've been keeping up, with the NBA, you see how, again, we're talking right now, um, it might change for me down the road. But if I was told to stick with my pick that I'm picking now, then I'd feel comfortable right now sticking with it. Uh, I'm going Jordan Clarkson. Um, Right now he's averaging 16.8 points per game, uh, and he's definitely bringing a very, very, very fun uh, and aggressive uh, attitude off the bench. Him and Kuzma um, are definitely bringing something extra off of that bench, and I definitely think Jordan Clarkson um, is is one of those names that should be mentioned in Sixth Man of the Year if he can keep it up because he definitely has been balling. No, I I really like that pick. I mean, Clarkson. Thing is, to me, Clarkson has probably been the best Sixth Man thus far this year, um, and and. I mean, I say that without any hesitation. Um, I just don't think the Lakers are going to... Like, usually a six-man of the year award goes to a team that's at least a playoff team. And, I mean, sorry, Lakers fans. I just... I know they've kind of got off to a a decent start. They beat Washington the other night, which was really surprising. Um, uh, Ball did not hit the wall. Like, I mean, he... I mean, he played well enough to get his team a win. Um, but I just don't see him making the playoffs. And I I don't I don't even know the last time, if at all, uh, you know, a, a team that didn't make the playoffs got a six-man-of-the-year vote. Um, it's usually – it's kind of like MVP. It's usually reserved for a playoff team. Um, so I'm going to kind of take a page out of your book, Jawan and go with a really off-the-wall candidate because my candidate candidate got messed up. So I, you know, kind of scoured through who I thought, you know, could potentially be it, and I wanted to really kind of pick somebody who I thought, you know, would fit the mold of, like, a, a solid playoff team um, and kind of be a little outside the lines because, you know, that's what I like to do. I'm going to go with Evan Turner. Um, I really like the way Evan Turner has played early this season. Without Alan Crabb on uh, the Portland team, um, he's really stepped up. He's played super well. He's handled the ball. He's played point. He's played shooting guard. He's played small forward. He's filled all those roles. Um, And without Alan Crabb there, he gets a lot more opportunity. Um, He's played alongside both McCollum and Lillard, um, he's also played um, with without them and, and led the bench. Uh, I just think he could put together a season that, you know, 
could warrant him getting some consideration for a sixth man of the year. And uh, he, uh, well, and also I, I, I think that the Blazers are going to be kind of a surprise team. As you predicted, Juwan, I think you had them 12th on your um, power rankings. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think you're right. Like they're going to be a really good team um, with with Nurkic healthy and the way that whole team kind of molds together. They're going to be really good, and I think Evan Turner is a big part of that success. And I think he is going to uh, make a, a, a like at least a dark horse splash for Sixth Man of the Year. And so that's that's going to be my. I pick. mean, I mean his. I'm looking at his numbers: thirteen point three points per game. 3.8 rebounds per game and 4.3 assists per game. I don't see why if he stays on par, maybe approves in those other two categories. I don't see why he wouldn't be um, not even a dark horse, like an obvious candidate for, um, you know, maybe not necessarily winner, but obviously someone that you're looking at for, uh, you know, um, six man of the year. So I don't think it's that out there. I think my, my, um, Jordan Clarkson was a little bit more out there because people are going to go by what you were saying as far as Lakers not making the playoffs. I think the Lakers might make the playoffs. Um, so, you know, I think yours is more in the West. Mine, definitely. Yeah. They I, I might make guys, the playoffs in the West. I told you guys the Timberwolves would not make the playoffs. And yeah, I think did. I'm going to hold steady to that. That the Lakers hey, might take Indiana that Indiana kicked the shit out of them the other night. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be fair, there was no Butler. I don't think there was any Butler, but I don't think that would have made a drastic uh, difference. But it would have made some uh, of a difference. Yeah, he. I think he left early in the game. He had an injury. So yeah, that's that's fair enough. Um, but yeah, um, you know, I I don't know. I just I I, I like his fit on that team, and I think. I, honestly, I think they made it, and, and a lot of teams made a huge mistake in 2016. They made a huge mistake in matching the Nets' offer to Alan Crabb, and, and then ironically, they ended up dealing him to the Nets um, for you know um, I forget who, but uh, you know uh, Andrew, Andrew Nicholson, I believe, um, who they ended up dropping immediately, and yet they still have to pay him 15 million dollars because they, um, you know. That was what his uh, contract was worth, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think Evan Turner, he's gonna, he's gonna be, he's gonna be very vital to that team, um, and he's usually the first man off the bench, and uh, he gets about thirty minutes a game, and like you said, his stats are pretty good. Um, I think he'll, he'll, he'll make a, a decent run at it. Um, all right, let's move on. Um, Rookie of the year, I'm going to be really surprised if we don't all have the same person as our rookie of the year. Um, we won't. <laughs> we won't. Well, I promise you that. We won't. <laughs> all right, then. Well, here we go. Um, uh, Joel, who do you have as your rookie of the year? Well, um, same as the others. I've, I picked him in the beginning, and I, I figured it because I liked what I saw out of him last year before the the injury, um, and I'm going with Ben Simmons. I mean, right now he seems like the, the best candidate, and he is technically a candidate for rookie of the year, even though he's 
technically not a rookie, but this is his first uh, regular season in the NBA. So he's a candidate. He's been playing well, even though he had a shaky first game. Uh, he still he still has no jump shot. He has to work on that. But everything else, he has everything it takes to be a rookie of the year candidate. And uh, I think he gets it, man. I mean, there's, there are other guys out there that have a chance, but uh, he's my uh, my favorite for the rookie of the year. Nay, man, I am right there with you, but before I delve into my reasons why, Jawan, please tell me why uh, me and Joel are wrong. No, I won't say that you guys are wrong. I just, I knew we weren't all going to have the same pick. Um, I've been paying attention to uh, my pick, um, you know, since the season started, and I've loved what I saw from him. Uh, puts his head down, goes to work. Uh, you know, he has to work on his field goal percentage because it's, it's not that great in his PER. Um, you know, I'm sorry, not PER, I apologize. His plus minus could be a lot better. Um, but I'm going with uh, Lonzo Ball, 11.5 points per game, nine, uh, nine, uh, 9.0 rebounds per game, and nine assists per game. I'm going with Lonzo Ball. I think not only – will his stats grow a little bit more than what it is now? Um, But his team will make the playoffs, and Ben Simmons' team will not. That is why I'm going with Lonzo Ball for Rookie of the Year. And to that, I will say you are fucking insane. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We shall see. uh, Yes, we shall. But there is no chance. let Let me just... Repeat that. No chance that there is a universe in which the Lakers make the playoffs and the Sixers don't. I don't necessarily think the Sixers are going to make the playoffs. Believe me, you know how I feel about the Sixers. I love their talent. I do not bank on them to stay healthy, especially Joel Embiid. Um, And they need Joel Embiid to stay healthy. Like, they absolutely need Joel Embiid to stay healthy. Um, But they're in the East, and the Lakers are in the West. There is no way the Lakers are beating out all of those teams that are in front of them. The the Sixers at least have a shot at doing so. And even more importantly, Simmons, he set out for a year, um, but he got to, you know, play scrimmages, and uh, he got to kind of live the lifestyle and, and understand what it was to be a part of an NBA team. I don't think you can underestimate that. I, I definitely think Simmons will be the rookie of the year. Um, not to mention Simmons, he got a, a double-double in his first four games of the season. He's the first person to do that since Shaquille O'Neal. Um, that's remarkable. Like, that's, that's a, like a once-in-a-lifetime talent. And, and Lonzo Ball is kind of that, too. I'm a huge Lonzo Ball guy. I think he's going to be a great player in the NBA. Um, and, I, and, and also, I love the guys. Um, I love the fact that uh, Lonzo is, is such a kind of quiet guy and just lets his play do the talking. Um, obviously, his dad does, does a lot of the talking, too. Um, but... Uh, Ben Simmons, like, he's kind of that way, too. Like, he didn't do a lot of talking. 
Um, he he just kind of plays his game and does what he does. Um, and I, I man, I just think Ben Simmons is going to be that guy. He's going to be the rookie of the year. And I think had he played last year, he probably would have been the rookie of the league of the year last year. Um, he's just that good. And and like Joel said, his shot is not great. Um, he's going to have to work on that. Uh, but there are so many players um, in this league, especially when they're young, who don't have great shots, who are still really successful, especially somebody as tall as he is, who has as high of a basketball IQ as he does, um, has the passing ability that he does. Um, obviously, he can rebound the ball because of his size um, and because of his skill set. Like, he knows how to box out. He knows how to, like, you know, put himself in position to get rebounds. He knows how to pass the ball. He can score the ball in, you know, in the paint, which is, you know, um, you're going to get those opportunities uh, a lot throughout a game, especially when you're as good of a passer as he is. You know, the way he can utilize his head tilt and, like, his eyes to, like, kind of fake a defender into thinking he's going to pass the ball and then drive to the lane, um, a lot of that is going to come in handy. Um, and not to mention, uh, I don't. I think it's a little overstated, especially by ESPN, but, you know, Lundeball does have a target on him. Like, I, I don't think that that plays as much into effect as some people might want you to believe. Um, but... Simmons doesn't have any of that kind of um, uh, juju, if you will, on him. Um, so, I, I, you know, I think that could come into effect at least a, a, a modicle of an amount. Um, but anyway, let's move on to the most improved player of the year. Um, I'm actually very intrigued to hear y'all's picks on this because I feel like this could be very different all across the board. Um, so I'm going to start with you, Joel. Who is your most improved player of the year prediction? Most improved player of the year. I went with someone... I was uh, I, I'm 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 um, I'm personally very biased against because you know I love him so much and the team he plays for so I went with Kristaps Porzingis and I don't care what you say that's my pick and I'm sticking to it until he that gets hurt and can't play the rest of the season. That's crazy. That's just a ridiculous pick because he was already so good last year. But he's most improved. He did okay last year, but most improved that means he has to put up better numbers. And the team has to do relatively well. Did, so hey, that's, that's kind of what I'm banking. Did Did Giannis win Most Improved Player last year? I think he did, right? I don't know. Did he? I yes, think yes, he, he did. did. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. So, like in that regard, I could see like, and I and honestly, I don't I don't even agree with that. Like my Most Improved Player last year was Jokic because Jokic took like such a huge step forward in the last half of the season. Um, That's a good choice. Uh, Jokic is a great choice. Yeah, yeah. Well, last year, I mean, I really think last year, because I mean, the last yeah, half yeah, of the season, like Jokic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
to me, he just stepped up so much, and and like Giannis was already good. It, that like he should have got most improved player at the season before, in my opinion, because he stepped up the last half of the season before. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I can't say I agree with it, but I do see where you're coming from, and I I I kind of give some credence to that. Um, I, I felt I, good I, about I, it until the other day. That's that's how that's how it was going. <laughs> that yeah, way. well, he it, he he definitely played bad against Boston. But hey, man, everybody's yeah, gonna have did. a bad game. Yeah, everybody's gonna have a bad yep. game. Like that's that's yep. nothing new. Um, Jawan, who you got? Who's your most improved player? Well. I thought it was going to be crazy when I said it, but thanks, Joel. Uh, I also went with Chris Stops. Uh, yeah. The reason, the reason why I went with the reason why I went with KP Six God was his rookie year. Because y'all are just a bunch of Knicks fans. Hold on, hear me. Hate on, hater. Hate on. I, I went. I All went right. to All numbers. Give me the numbers. numbers. Give me the numbers. Um, his rookie year, he averaged fourteen point three points per game. Uh, 7.3 rebounds. Uh, last year he averaged 18.1 and 7.2 rebounds, so he went down like a point. Um, this year he's averaging, and I know it's very early, but he's averaging 25.3 points per game with 7.3 uh, rebounds per game. So that rebound average could possibly go up. That per, uh, that points per game average can either stay at that steady spot or maybe even go up a little bit. So, I mean, he's definitely, and I think most of why he's more improved is because it's just him now. It's not him sharing the load with Melo. It's not him having to give it or to defer to Melo. It's just him. And with it just being him, uh, averaging 25.3 points per game, and your team's 0-3, you've definitely improved your game. He's scoring a lot more efficiently. He's scoring from a... Uh, he's scoring more efficiently from different places on, on the court. Um, I think if you want to use his record against them, I can't necessarily argue that. But I think what I've seen so far this season, he is definitely more improved than he was last year. Preach on. All right. Hey, hey, that's the, you've got some fair arguments. I just think he was – good enough last year to where you can't necessarily say he's improved as much as my pick, Darren Collison. Uh, Darren Collison has now got the reins in Indiana. Um, There is nobody uh, to um, basically limit his minutes. Um, He is balling in Indiana. Uh, I think he, he had 16 assists um, in the game maybe a night or two ago. Um, this guy is a true point guard. He can he can do everything. He defends, he scores, he passes well. Um, like I, I watched the the game the other night and there was just there was one pass where um they like the the ball moved like the way they're moving the ball is just terrific in Indiana. And they moved the ball to the top of the key. And he just, like, hit, I forget who it was, but he hit somebody, like, down low with this, like, just ridiculous pass. And, like, it was just, like, wide open dunk or layup or whatever. Um, 
But, yeah, he had 16 assists. Like, this guy is going to thrive in this style of offense, the way they're moving the ball and everything. I just I love the way that he's playing. Um, I think as of right now, he's like 13th as far as um, fantasy uh, uh, league stats um, are concerned, um, which is ridiculous. Like, Darren Collison is the 13th best fantasy uh, prospect in the league right now. Um, I mean, the way he's playing is just ridiculous. And I, I, I really do think he's got a really good chance, especially considering all of the, the brouhaha and the um, problems that he had in Sacramento, both on and off the court. Obviously, um, he had some, like some DUI stuff going on and, and uh, or um, for you New Yorkers, DWI, um, <laughs> uh, different lingos for different <laughs> states. Um, but, like, yeah, like, I mean, he, he's had a lot of problems, but I think he's finally kind of found his niche. And I think uh, I think him working with Oladipo works. And he played a lot of time next to Corey Joseph. And the way that they worked that kind of dual point guard lineup worked very well, too. Um I, I don't know. I just think they're going to work very, very well together. Um, but anyway, uh, let's move on. Um, Hold on, Nick. Yes. All right, two things before you move on. One, Joel had yes. to step away. Uh, he said, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, and two, when you're talking about most improved player, I don't, I don't care about the NBA's definition. I'm curious, what is your definition of most improved player? Like, what do you deem worthy of being in the category of most improved? Well, purely my definition would boil down Mm -hmm. to this. It would be how did you play last year versus how did you play this year? I mean, it's that simple to me. I mean, if, if, if you want to break it down like this, if, if you had a, um, subpar season last year and you had a great season this year um, that would be to me most improved player. If you made a jump from um, you were a mediocre player and you have been a mediocre player and you suddenly made the jump to um, like that next tier, that would be you know most improved. So there's a lot of uh, range so, as far as what could constitute that. So the reason why I, I wanted to ask you that, and then we could move on, I don't mean to take too much time, is I'm looking at his numbers last year. 13.2 points per game, 4.6 assists per game. This year, 15.6 points per game, 8.4 assists a game. But he is playing along somebody who last year was 15.9 points per game and is now this year 26 points per game. So wouldn't you also say he's playing with someone who could be a candidate for most improved player? Um, I mean, I guess you could paint it like that. I assume. Uh, are you are you talking about uh, Oladipo? Ola, Oladipo, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think Oladipo could certainly um, uh, be warranted for that as well because um, he's played very well in Indiana. Um, but I mean. What it all boils down to, to me, is you. I mean, you got to pick somebody, um, and mm-hmm. to me, 
Collison's play has just been like his improvement. It's 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 been more shocking to me than Oladipo's. Like Oladipo, like you've always like, at least to me, I've always felt like he has the talent. He just has to have the situation. Um, with Collison, I I never felt like he was that guy, and he in this position has just been like, yeah, I'm that guy. I am that guy. I can be a, you know, top 15 point guard in this league. Um, and, I mean, I, I think he's proving it this year. I mean, he really is. He has been remarkable um, for their first, you know, four games. Um, and I think I, – I, I really think he'll continue that. I do. I And I think that the – the way that that kind of backcourt works between he and Oladipo and Joseph, the way they split time and everything. I mean, think of it this way. All three of them can play point or shooting. Um, so they just kind of rotate them in, and it, it, it works. I, And you know, Jawan, you know, and Joel knows too, how much I love Indiana. I, I mean, I just, I like the makeup of their team. I just, I just, I think they're a really well put together team and I got to give props to um, their GM as much as I shat on their um, Paul George trade. Um, the way they have constructed their team around that trade has, has been really good to me. Yeah. Listen, I, I, the reason why I brought it up was just to kind of better understand that pick. Um, and I better understand it now that you've explained it. And then, it, you know, and then I also was about the fact that he's playing along someone who might end up averaging more points per game, which is definitely something that they, they look at when they evaluate most improved. But I see your point. If he can, if he can keep this, if he can keep his numbers steady and maybe even inch it up enough to, to average a double, double uh, this exactly. season, I mean, he's definitely up there and, you know, you can't really deny it. So uh, it wasn't to poo-poo on your pick. It was just to kind of better understand it. Well, yeah, and he and he's the thing is he's got players around him who can score the basketball. Like he's got people who he and and he just he finds passes. Like the I've watched two Pacers games. I like I don't know uh, if the um, collective uh, audience knows, but it's too late now. But. Uh, um, NBA League Pass was free for a week, um, and like now I I feel like it just I have to purchase it, and they 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 baited me and they got me. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try not to do it because two hundred dollars is a lot of money um, for me anyway. Um, but like seriously, I saw two Pacers games in that span, and like both times, like just the way he conducts the court and, and, and hits people and everything else is just great. And he's got a lot of shooters. He's got, like, you know, Bogdanovich, um, great, great shooter. Um, you know, uh, even Sabonis, good. TJ Leaf is a good young shooter. Um, a lot of players. And, and they've been playing without Miles Turner. So, like, you know, when Miles Turner comes back and they're able to, you know, Collison's able to kind of feed him the ball. Pick and, and roll, and, too. You know, Pick and roll, man. Yeah, they're going to be good. I I really do think Indiana is going to surprise some people, um, and I think a lot of that has to do with Darren Collison. Um, but anyway, 
let's move on. Uh, so I guess it's just me and Jawan for uh, you know the the last half of this show. Um, scoring champion, scoring title. Who you got? Uh, for the scoring title, I have the most obvious pick, at least to me, sitting at yeah. three and one. Uh, Giannis, who is averaging yep. thirty six point eight points per game, <laughs> there's no way you could really pick someone else. I mean, yep. maybe as the season progresses. Uh, only like I said, because he's so young, and a lot of the workload is going to have to consistently be on him for them to even be in games. Um, let alone win them. I do not know if his body can keep that up all year. Like, he's not a Kobe. He's not a Curry. He's not a Durant. Yeah, but he's the Greek uh, freak. <laughs> he is. He is. But he's someone, when he came in the league, we thought was just going to be, like, a really good defender. And then he kind of turned out to be a really That's good true. passer, a really good right. rebounder. Now he's a really yeah. good scorer. Um, so if he can maintain that, then yeah, like I, like I said to start, I mean, there's no way you can dispute it, but I just have a really, and that, that was the same thing for my MVP reason. I just, I'm really nervous about, uh, the fact that they don't have another go-to guy. So he doesn't have to average 36.8 points per game. Cause that's a lot in five that games a lot. <laughs> for someone mm-hmm. to have to average. I mean, we're not talking a season's worth. We're talking five games worth. So that that's terrifying. If, if I'm Jason Kidd, I'm I'm looking out there to see what pieces I can maybe move around to go get him a, a, a you know, a consistent backup or another uh, go-to guy because that's a lot for my young guys to have to average for us to necessarily be in games, let alone win them. Yeah, well, and that's that's a very, very valid point. But I think as far as scoring title, I agree with you. And and let me just preface it with this. Preseason, before the season started, I picked Dame Lillard. Um, mainly because if you look at Lillard's stats over the, the last few seasons, he's been right there at the top of the score, like fifth, sixth, seventh, somewhere in that range. Um, and, you know, Russell... He got help. Harden got help. Um, there's just, uh, you know, obviously KD and Steph play on the same team. And don't get me wrong, I know uh, Damian Lillard has McCollum, who I love McCollum. He's arguably my favorite player in the NBA. I love CJ McCollum. He's just my kind of guy. Um, but he is the main scoring threat on that team. He's the guy who could go off for 50 points at any given night. Um, And so that's why he was my preseason pick. Um, But one week in the season, I I agree with you, Juwan. You would have to be insane to not, at this point, pick Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, that guy is just getting buckets like, I, I don't even know how. I mean, he's just he's driving in the lane. And, and the thing is, he's doing it effortlessly. The way he <laughs> yes. goes into the lane. Yeah, the way he goes into the lane and just, like, puts the ball in the bucket is just 
crazy. And he hasn't even, like, really had to develop a a outside jump shot. Like, that's the, that's the crazy thing. Because the way Giannis operates, like, he reminds me of um, Manu Ginobili. If Manu Ginobili was 6'11", with like a seven foot two wingspan, and <laughs> you know, like it's just crazy. It's that, like, the way that that Giannis can put the ball in the hoop, like that guy's gonna that guy's gonna score the most points this season. There, to me, I at mean, this point, a weekend, there's no question. I'm gonna be completely honest, uh, you know, because I know you are very. Uh, privy to um to to stats and the numbers i i mm-hmm. i looked across the league at the league's best players to see who is even remotely like an inch close there's no one close to Giannis's average by a mile the closest right. person is lebron at 27 points per game and then you have curry durant um and then after that i think you have uh westbrook harden Mello. Uh, Anthony Davis, and as you start to go down, it's like your Paul Georges and and so on and right. so forth. And, your Chris and all of those guys so, are splitting points with somebody else. Yes, yes. Well, except for LeBron. LeBron's not really splitting it, but still, Giannis. Uh, is well, kind of, kind of, yeah, kind of Kevin Love. And and the thing is, it well, and 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 honestly, like Kevin Love plus the bench, because like, what was it? There was like, I think. Seven players the other night. You scored eleven points or more for Cleveland. I'm, so I'm like looking, I'm looking at Kevin. He's he's averaging seventeen point two points per game. So I'll give you that. Right. Yeah. But e- yeah, even well, if even and, if LeBron and the Cleveland bench, still by the a Cleveland mile. bench is just yeah. The Cleveland bench is just like uh, there's a lot of good scorers on that on that team. So like he's like LeBron's gonna average a lot of assists. Definitely not going to win the scoring title. No. No. Giannis is up by by a mile, and even if he weren't up by a mile, like let's say if he fell off, it would go to Curry or Durant. It, it still wouldn't go to LeBron. But Giannis is like like we said, he's up by a mile, which is which is absurd when you when you hear that a guy who does not right, have especially since kind he of doesn't jump shoot shot, threes. Right. Exactly, or or really efficiently, any kind of jumper. He drives that that that's that's what he prefers, or he's getting you in the post, and he is leading by a mile, a mm-hmm. mile. But, but that's, that's the why thing. I said he's unguardable. The... He you like, yeah. you can't you can't guard him. Like like I said, he is Ginobili. Like the way Ginobili, like you know exactly what I'm talking about. The way Ginobili yeah. drives is like arguably unguardable. Like, the way Giannis drives because of his size and height and, and, and his length. skill. I, I'm going to say it, this. It, it's, it's, it's undoubtedly unguard, unguardable. Like, I, was, like, I was just watching I was just watching him against uh, Boston before I turned it off so we could uh, do the show. Um, sure. He drove, I think, a little a little above a little bit in front of the free throw line and almost posterized and killed Aaron Baines uh, with his dunk. <laughs> it's, it's just like his length. It's not necessarily his body per se, 
It's the length. It's the fact that mm-hmm. once he makes contact, his arms are so long he could he could do anything to you once he starts to take to take flight. So it's terrifying, honestly. Uh, but the one thing I, I caution of Giannis that I'm hoping Jason Kidd is kind of like implementing in his brain is like, dude, when we get to the playoffs, a lot of these guys know what you do well. Now they have to stop it, which is easier said than done. But we saw right. how the Raptors were able to neutralize that and force someone else in Milwaukee to beat them. And Milwaukee does not have anybody else that could beat them. So that's the only thing that is stopping Giannis from being the most dominant player in the East is the fact that he is not multidimensional. It's, if, if he can't drive and get to the lane and, and you know, get to the free throw – He's he, that. That's it. He's you know he can maybe create plays, get someone open, but those guys aren't known to come up big enough for him when he needs them to. So that's just my only concern about the Bucks going forward. But yeah, he's leading by a mile. Yeah, and I agree with you. You you know how much I love Chris Middleton. Um, to me, he is kind of one of those unsung heroes of the NBA. I I just love the guy. He plays defense. He's a good shooter. Um, he's got size. He's got length. He's got foot speed. Um, but like to me, that's his only guy. Because um, Jabari Parker can't stay healthy. Um, mm-hmm. And the rest of their guys are all either unproven or one-dimensional. Um, yep. And like like I love Greg Monroe. He's I mean he's 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 really good at what he is good at, but, like, he's not a $17 million a year player. And, and granted, he's in his contract year, and he'll never make as much money as he's making this year, given the way the NBA is going. Um, but, like, even Javari Parker, man, like, like even even when healthy, he's a scorer. Um, he's not a defensive player. Um, like, he, I just... I agree with you. I mean, that's the thing with the Bucks. They got to get – and that's why I think all of us are in agreement. Uh, one way or another, they should try to facilitate a way to get Eric Bledsoe. Um, Eric Bledsoe is a top-notch defender. He is one of the best defenders. Um, and granted, he's had some injury history, and that is obviously something like you, you – really don't want to have your number one player be surrounded by three uh, uh, players who are your next best players who have all had injury history. Um, and I get that. But, um, you know, Bledsoe is, is just kind of, he's he's that guy. He's, he's kind of like a mini LeBron. Like he's all around a really good player. Um, but anyway, let's Let's move on. We've got about 45 minutes left. Um, I want to talk about the coach of the year. Um, coach of the year. I've got a few different people who I could pull out of my pocket for this because there are several teams that I think are going to surprise some people, and so you could get coach of the year for that. And there are several teams that I think are going to excel um, 
that maybe people don't necessarily think are going to be as good as they are. Um, so, again, it's kind of just like what you were citing earlier with the most improved player. It's all in what you hold more stock in as far as coach of the year. Yeah. Um, who is right. your coach of the year? Between two guys. Um, honestly, <laughs> you're going to laugh at one, but it's not my number one. It was my number two uh, for reasons that will be obvious to you. I, I said Luke Walton. I believe that the um, the Lakers are going to make that eighth spot. Uh, obviously, get bounced out in four. Um, but what he would be able to do with this young team leading them to the playoffs would put his name up there. But my actual pick for the winner of uh, Coach of the Year is going to go to Jason Kidd. I do believe the Bucks will be one of the top regular season teams. It will be a number one or two seed in the East. Uh, the more I see the Cavs play, the more I have stock in the Bucks being number one. Uh, but like I said, so many things, uh, uh, you know, are, are, are contingent on on Giannis that, that scares me. Um, but I, I give it to Jason Kidd. I think this is a guy who's had the Bucks go from a laughing stock to you have to now notice and respect them. And this is Jason Kidd's year to have an MVP player lead this team uh, to a top one or two seed. And with that, I think he'll be in, in contention for a uh, uh, coach of the year. I mean, if Tony can do it, and I think the Rockets sure. were fifth, was fourth or fifth seed. I think if Kid can get the no, Milwaukee Bucks to one or two. Oh, they were third. Okay, I'm sorry. So if Jason Kidd can get the Bucks to one or two, I don't see how anyone else, uh, you know, is would be a front runner ahead of him. But I'm curious to hear your right. picks. Man, I've got a crazy pick for you. Let's hear it. I have been dogging this team all preseason. I didn't like any of their off offseason moves. I'm going to go David Fisdale, the coach of the Memphis Grizzlies, because if you can take a team let's just let, let me preface this. The Grizzlies are undefeated this year. Unless they lost tonight, I don't know if they're playing tonight. Um, but uh, as far as um, for this season, uh, as far as up until tonight, they are undefeated. They mm-hmm. they are the only team who is uh, above five hundred since the start of last season, combined against the Rockets the Warriors, and the Spurs. So take those three teams. The Grizzlies are the only team who has beaten those three teams more than they've lost to those three teams. I think they're 8-6, and six, which is super admirable. Like, that is, that is terrific. If you could be 8-6 and six against those three teams, that, that's crazy good. Um and they managed to do it with, with just rotating in people. And the, I don't understand it. <laughs> Juwan, like, like, do you understand it? I don't because, well, to me, all I'll they have – go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say no. this. They're actually, 
they're they're four and one because they're they're locking up a victory now in the last few seconds. They're four and one. The only mm. undefeated teams I'm looking are San Antonio, weirdly the Clippers, and that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Um, who who did they lose to? If, uh, you got it right in front of you. Yeah. Give me one second. They. I will give you that second. To... They lost to the Rockets on the 11th. They lost to the Rockets. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, But anyway, uh, they they have looked great this season, and it's it's utterly remarkable to me because if you like, Juwan, if you can explain this to me, please do. But like, you you have a team with pretty much yeah. Mark Gasol, and um, you've got uh, what's his name? Oh, fuck. Uh, the, their point guard, uh, uh, Conley. Conley. Yeah, Mike Conley. Yep. And that's it. That's that's all the like star talent you have, and yet you fill that roster with enough people who can do what they need to do. And you're, you're like, to me, that is coaching. That is coaching, and like if if the Rockets, I'm I'm sorry, if if the Grizzlies can make a run at you know even like screw a second round run, they can even make the playoffs with that kind of team. Like you gotta give a lot of credit to. To, to the coach, and so for that reason, and and honestly, I kind of think the way they've been playing, they they might even be a second round team. They really could be. I I mean, maybe not, but I mean, I think I think they might make a run in it. So I'm gonna say David Fisdale is going to be the coach of the year because of what he will be able to do with the Rocket, uh, I'm sorry, with the Grizzlies, minus the talent that it, that they've lost, minus their GM making an utterly idiotic decision and signing Chandler Parsons to the contract that they uh, signed yeah. him to. Um, and, and, and just, like, coaching the team that he has in front of him. And, you know, I I... That's my pick. I think he is going to be that guy. And, and by the way, preseason, my coach of the year was Brad Stevens, um, and I still think he has a very good chance of winning it, especially considering Jason Tatum is playing great um, and uh, Brown is, is playing great. And I think the Celtics will kind of rally together, and I think they, they will – uh, be at least better than what people expected after the Hayward loss. I, I don't think that I don't right. think that injury is going to hurt them as much as a lot of people think it. No, um, but no. nevertheless, I, I think, mean, I, I still think I still think Fisdale his his um, coaching is, is more impressive to me. Um, I'll say so this: take that take that for data, and uh, what do you got to say? <laughs> I'll say this. The only reason why I think he'll be overlooked is because, remember, I can't remember the Grizzlies' uh, last head coach. 
not the not the not the guy before the one they have now. The guy before that guy, like a few years ago. I can't remember his name. Mm-hmm. He also went to Brooklyn. Um, but you know who I'm referring to. That guy yeah. had the Grizzlies. Uh, the Grizzlies at fifty something. I believe it was fifty two wins, and not only got fired, but was nowhere near being mentioned as coach of the year. Like wasn't even in the conversation. And he had the Grizzlies sitting at 52 wins. So the only reason why um, I do not think he would win it, I believe he'll be in it because he should be, like they, they should have been that are year. You talking about, are you talking about Lionel Hollins? Yes, yes, or, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, it was him. Um, I believe this team would have to win 50-something games for him to, to win it. Because you, you, you'd have to do something with the Grizzlies that hasn't been done in a while that you'd make them say, all right, well, we can't give it to Steve Kerr. We're not going to give it to Tony. We're not going to give it to Brad Stevens. You know what I'm saying? Like, they'd have to do something right. well beyond what the Grizzlies usually or in, you know, the past couple of years have been able to do. So I'd say if, you're, if you feel confident they could win 50-plus games, I'm with you, and I'll actually say I think he deserves it more than Jason Kidd uh, if he can pull that off. I just don't think the league respects the Grizzlies as much as they should enough to give him enough recognition for it, even if the numbers merit it. Yeah, especially considering what they've lost over the past several right. years. But, yeah, no, I, I, think, that's, I, I think that's a very um, intelligent uh retort to my pick. Um, so let's move on. We've we've covered our awards kind of pre-ceremony, if you will. Um, I want to move on to week one. we got about 30 minutes to talk about the first week in this NBA basketball. And, man, it's been terrific. I, I, I honestly don't remember – a week one that has been this um, intriguing uh, with everything. I mean, there's been injuries that have been just crazy, like gut-wrenching. There has been games that have been terrific. Uh, I mean, we opened the season with uh, the, the Cleveland-Boston game. We had the injury, and then and then Boston, they were to come back, but then Cleveland won. And then you had the game with Houston, versus uh, Golden State, and everything was, like, so close, and, and, and Houston ended up pulling it out, and, you know, KD had his fingertip on the ball when the buzzer hit hit the, hit the number. It has been awesome to this point. So what I want to talk about are the player of the week, the team of the week, and the game of the week. This is this FYI, uh, listeners. This was Juwan's idea. He wanted to do <laughs> this segment, um, and uh, I wanted to do another segment, and um, I kind of uh, molded over and was like, "Nah, Juwan's segment's way better." So we're we're gonna go with Juwan's <laughs> segment because, dude, in all honesty, it was way better. Um, so. <laughs> Player of the week, who you got, man? Who's your player of the week? 
you're going to laugh at me and listen, I've oh. been sitting on this for for a few hours and Come I was on, just like, you bro, know what? If you don't say if you don't say Giannis, you're crazy. I'm sorry. I didn't Listen, I put Giannis in almost every other category that I have. I'm <laughs> you got to take a break. This one too. <laughs> I got to take some kind of break, man. As Joel Fair says enough. all the time, there has to be parity. There has to be parity. I have too much Giannis in here. Yeah, um, J- Joel go. loves his parody, doesn't he? <laughs> he loves his parody, man. I'm going to go with Lonzo. I, I thought he had uh, a really dominant after... week. All right. Say it again. I didn't hear that part. Well, I, I, I was just going to say, even after last night, I mean, I know they got the win, but he didn't play particularly well. No, no. And this is what I never judged Lonzo for is his uh, his shooting or, or his points. I've always, and you can even accept this, I said I thought, I thought he'd be the league leader in assists. And right now the only guy that's really giving him trouble in the department is, uh, is Ben Simmons and LeBron. Um, I, I, I go with Lonzo because of his impact for that team. Uh, and I know you could really argue that for Simmons or LeBron or Giannis, it's just me personally, I think my player of the week goes to Lonzo because I see exactly the kind of player he's going to turn out to be. Um, if he can just work on that jump shot and his efficiency and also his plus minus, a lot of you guys listening do not know how important that is. Plus it's minus very is important. very important. It, it determines how, how important you are when you're on the court and how important you are when you're not on the court. And so far, Lonzo mm-hmm. sometimes is more important when he is not on the court. So that sometimes becomes an issue. Well, so his but, plus minus. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say a lot of that has to boil down to Clarkson just being as good as he is, as you yeah, pointed out yeah, earlier with your six man. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, I, I, I feel you. Like, I, I mean, I really do think Lonzo has – has played um, very well throughout the first week of the season. Um, I, I mean, I, I think he definitely has room for improvement, as does any rookie. I mean, I would if you if you were going to give the nod to a rookie, though, I would give it to Simmons. But I mean, mm-hmm. player of the week, I just think you have to give it to Giannis, man. Giannis is just, I mean, dude, the average in like crazy numbers, like Giannis has to me just obviously been the player of the week and he's he literally made me sit down and question every single pick that I've made. Um well not every single one. But like at least three out of the seven uh picks that we uh just went through um because of just how great he has played. I mean, Giannis has just been out of this world great. Um, I, I, dude, I just don't know how you can pick Lonzo over Giannis, man. Like, how do you do that? Listen, listen, listen. I also enjoy parody. That is the same reason why last year in football, when they went for Matt Ryan for MVP, I was all for it over Brady. I like parody. Matt Ryan has never gotten it before. 
I'm all don't, for it. And his, and his numbers back. Don't bring up. Hey, fuck you. Hold don't on. bring up and Falcons no, and Patriots to me. I did not. I did not say Super Bowl. I said regular season. <laughs> I'm equating it to this because the obvious. You know, my mind drops to one place. <laughs> Come on. I now. know. I know. I'm sorry. The obvious goes to Giannis. I agree. But to me personally, I like parody. I felt like I gave him too many awards in the past hour and a half than this guy probably will ever get in the entire season. So I wanted to give it to somebody that I enjoyed watching this week, and that was Lonzo. But, yes, the obvious choice is Giannis, who is on par to averaging almost 40 points per game. And I will give you this. I watched the the Washington game. And, dude, that first, like, that little, like, within two minutes of the game when he stripped uh, Wall, like, mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, Wall, you're not, you're not going to have the game you thought you were going to have. And he didn't. He, like, he didn't. He kind of froze up. Like, he had a bad game. Like, he still had, like, if you look at his, like, points, rebounds, uh, uh, assists, like, sure, it's a, it's a good game. But his, his field goal percentage was rubbish. And, and granted, so was Lonzo Balls. Like, I mean, I think Lonzo was, like, mm-hmm. two for 11. Um, yeah. But like, but, like, nevertheless, like, Lonzo was, like, throwing quarterback passes in the first quarter like and and getting assists off of him, um, yeah, this kid's gonna be great. I mean, he really yeah. is. And and I, you know, I can't I can't argue with you with uh, you know, on the fact that he had a great uh, first week. I really think um, the way he was able to um, kind of work himself into the lineup and 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 make plays. Like, because that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to make plays. Um, it's not about him scoring the basketball. It's about him making no. making uh, everybody else better. And he definitely right. did that. I, I just and I will say this. I will say this. I agree with you when you and Joel said Ben Simmons should be the uh, rookie of the year. The only way I see him not winning it is if Lonzo's dad continues to talk. And Lonzo <laughs> continues to back it. No, 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 seriously. If he continues no, to back I, it, because all that I, is doing I, I, is bringing I, more attention to him. I don't laugh to throw shade. I, I laugh because I know you're right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if that continues and Lonzo backs it with his numbers, a lot of these reporters and, and, uh, and analysts and, uh, and stuff and journalists who, who actually vote, they're going to kind of lean towards that because it's a more entertaining story. It's a more entertaining storyline, and we know the league loves a good story. That's why I started the show off with saying LeBron could very well win MVP because of this sob story he's already created in the first five games. So I can see the same kind of story for Lonzo winning Rookie of the Year. And that's not to say that Lonzo wouldn't deserve it if he won it, but I mean, when you look at Ben's numbers, Ben is looking like he's a, he's gonna be averaging a triple double. But if you look at Lonzo's numbers, it's not that far off. Ben just scores right. more. So, right. Yeah, I know. I I totally get that. I to me, it boils down to I think 
the Sixers, they're in the East, so they're probably going to fare a little better at making the playoffs than the Lakers. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that all plays out. Um, all right. Team of the week. Who is your team of the week, Juwan? My team of the week is going to, and this is a shocker for a lot of people, the Brooklyn Nets sitting at wow. three and two. Part of uh, a top of the very best teams in the league, shockingly, is the Brooklyn Nets. And honestly, they have been playing pretty good. Um, that's not me yeah. saying like, oh, watch out, they're gonna see, they're gonna surprise us. No, but from what we're going off of, they have been playing pretty good. And that win against the the Cavaliers, albeit I do believe that team to be a hot mess. Um, and they were missing some of their their uh, their most potent players, uh, you know, Wade and, and Derrick Rose. Um, that team was without D'Angelo Russell, which hands down is their best player. Um, and they they beat the Cavaliers, and albeit a Cavaliers team that was charging back till LeBrick James could not convert free throws. <laughs> So I mean, this team Come on, showed hey, that it hey, has hey, mental don't, toughness. Don't don't use Skip Dickless's fucking listen. Uh, I'm lingo. sorry. Come on. I'm sorry, but when I look at at saying Le, Le, you know whether or not LeBron is the greatest to ever lace shoes, I'm sorry. Skip made that point, but it is kind of crucial. Free throws matter, and he either shies away from them or just misses them, <laughs> and like. That kind of can't happen for you, the, you know you being up there with the greatest to ever do it, especially when you got a guy who's in the league with you who's shooting ninety percent from the free throw over in Golden State. Actually, two of them are. So you know you can't wish to shoot eighty percent, and then you got these guys who are shooting ninety consistently. But anyway, back to the net. For them to get that impressive win, to show that mental toughness, to show that fortitude, to show that you know, they're not just going to fold because LeBron's in town. That showed a lot. And like I said, it was very important to point out there was no D'Angelo Russell. Uh, whether or not that's good or bad for for the Nets, um, you know, it, it's still a, a strong sign that the Nets are trending up and they're not going to be this team that has to rebuild over the next six years. Like maybe they could start making uh, ways to kind of be – where the Pacers are now, to where you look at the Pacers and you look at the Heat and you go, all right, there may be a couple pieces away from being, like, one of those teams you could talk about in the East. I do not think the Brooklyn Nets are six years off. I think maybe they're maybe four years off, three years off. So, you know, I could be making more of one game than I should, but them sitting at three and two while my Knicks are at 0-3, I'm definitely giving them uh, team of the week because I did not expect that at all. No, man, I feel you. I really do. And honestly, I, man, I was really tempted to pick Memphis um, because of my, I don't know. I I really did not think Memphis was going to be good at all. And maybe they won't be. Maybe over the course of the season, they won't as well. My pick is kind of similar to yours as far as it's just surprising. Uh, the Orlando Magic 
and one of their lo- their only loss was to your team, the Brooklyn Nets. Um, they are three and one thus far this season, and they are atop of the Eastern Conference. And man, the way this team is playing right now is just really surprising to me. I mean, Vucevic is playing crazy good. I mean, he is just doing everything that they need him to do. Uh, granted, they have an an, an injury uh, with um, Peyton. Uh, he's out as of like, maybe the last game and maybe a couple future games. Augustine has stepped up and played great. Uh, all of their middle players have played well. Uh, I mean, Aaron Gordon, game of his career the other night. And, like, he, I think he hit five of five from three. Like, that is just ridiculous. Like, yeah. They're just, they're playing great. I, I, and, and, Here's the thing. I picked Orlando to be my kind of wild card playoff team last year. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they were not even close. Um, but I think they might they might be that kind of team this year. They really – they seem like they're right in that kind of um, zone. Uh, so maybe they'll be that. You know, the East. I mean, and that's the thing. The East is wide open, so there's like, I mean, honestly, I think there's like four or five teams that we know are going to make the playoffs, and then there are about four or five teams, maybe even six or seven, that are just wild cards. We don't know, and I think the Magic are one of those teams. Like they, they could easily make the playoffs. Um, if they just, you know, tie everything together. Uh, and I think they're one of the more surprising teams, and I think that's that, that's my team of the week. Listen, honestly, I'm looking at their numbers. Uh, they're 3-1 and one right now. I don't know if they're currently playing. That wasn't important to me. They're 3-2. and two. They're still impressive as team of the week. Aaron Gordon and Vucevic, are both not only 20-plus in points per game, they're both 10-plus, mm-hmm. Aaron Gordon being 11, Vucevic being 10, in rebounds per game. This team, mm-hmm. honestly, if it, can, if it can stay par, and, I mean, it's not that, it's not that uh, out there of a thought to believe they can make the playoffs. Let's not forget what Frank Vogel did with a guy that is a laughingstock now in Roy Hibbert. And right. aging David West, or, or and, you know, in a Lance Stevenson, exactly. Yeah. Like their only great player was Paul George, and I don't even know if a lot of people would use the word great. Uh, a lot of people would use very good, uh, a, a star, no, not an all star, even though you know. Okay, so then we'll go with great. Then I just wasn't sure where where you were on that. Um, if this team can stay healthy, Aaron Gordon does have a bit of a jump shot. We know Vucevic does also. It's not out of the realm of, of possibility. I mean, if we were confident in saying the Sixers could make the playoffs, I'd definitely bet money that this team, if they could stay healthy, 
could make the playoffs. I mean, the numbers that Aaron, I think, is at 27 points per game and Mm -hmm. is at 23. That is very impressive to start the season. So, listen, even though – yeah, even though you're making me feel like my pick was just like the most stupidest pick ever compared to yours, <laughs> um, I'm still going to hang on uh, to my pick. But listen, man, I'm with you. This team is very easily under the great coaching of Frank Vogel, uh, who doesn't get enough respect around the league as, as being a really good coach. I agree. He definitely could lead this team to uh, the playoffs. Yeah, uh, Frank, uh, dude, I like Frank Vogel. I think I yep. really do think he's a great coach. Um, I think he did worlds for uh, Indiana, and they never really respected him the way they should. But let's move on. We got one more category, and then we're going to close it out. Game of the week. What game, Jawan, was the game of the week to you? This one was difficult. I, I, I had it at a tie. So I'll let you yep. kind of help me break the tie because I couldn't. I had it between the Nets and the Cavs because that went down to the, the wire. And then I had it between the Lakers and the Wizards as my games of the week. Um, originally, when, originally when I wanted to do these topics, uh, the games had already happened. But I wanted to go with that uh, Thunder and Timberwolves game from last week. But we're going of this current week. Uh, which no, sucks no, 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 that was, open that it was up, open it up, open it up. You want to open it up? Yeah, we're go, we're going with any game that has been played from this point. Oh, okay, then yeah, then my game, my game of the point, uh, of this point, I guess, I don't know how we'd put it. Um, <laughs> I'd go with that Thunder versus the Timberwolves. Uh, that was a game uh, that showed me that if Wiggins would put his mind in actually playing instead of having to to get paid, that guy could be a force. Cat uh, does what Cat always does. And uh, Jimmy Butler, I don't think, played. If he did, he was just, you know, I don't remember what he was as far as uh, on the stat sheet. But I tell you this, man, watching the Thunder – is as very closely as I do because you know Melo is my favorite player ever. Mm, this team yep. is, is showing me that if it was against Golden State in the Western Conference Finals, I'm not too quick to say Golden State's winning in seven. I'm more I agree. To, okay, I agree. I agree. Trying to take these guys. I like the way they play. Like they may yeah. not have won as many games as they should have at this point, but. The way they play, I like it. Because this is, this is, to me, what makes them so dangerous. Last year when Westbrook would drive and kick out, it'd be to Oladipo. It'd be to right. Sabonis. It'd be to guys like that. Or now he's driving. Yes. Or, oh, God, or Robeson. <laughs> now he's driving and kicking to Mello and Paul George. So it's like mm. you can't double Westbrook on the drive because then you're – you know, because then if you're doubling Mello on the wing, you're leaving Paul George wide open. So they're, they're just right. attacking you. They're like Golden State in the idea of there's just too many ways they could beat you. And then if they put Patterson in that starting lineup, uh, put Mello at the four and Patterson at the five, you're now looking at Westbrook driving and having three to four guys to kick out to for a wide-open yep. shot. So this team is very dangerous. And then if they do the – 
the midseason pickup that I've been with you, I've been, uh, you know, uh, co-signing with you for the longest. If they get David Lee, this team could really start to be one of those teams to where you just cannot brush them off because of how dominant Golden State was. They've shown this, to start this season how they could be beaten uh, and how human they are. Same way the Cavs have started off showing how human they are. There's just no team that's just head over heels better than them. But if you're talking about a team that could compete with them uh, through seven games, it's most definitely OKC. Yeah, man, I totally agree. And as far as the game of the week, you hit the nail on the head. That is the game of the week. Um, I don't, I, I, I don't think you can make any other argument. Um, it was the most exciting game. Uh, it was the most splashy finish. Um, and, you know, when Melo hit that three, uh, okay, let me just preface it with this. I am a Hawks fan. I That's the team I root for. Um, you are a Knicks fan. That's the team you root for. Um, however, mm-hmm. I think as a collective, like NBA fans just in general, we all root for Russell because of what happened with the whole KD thing. Um, we all want Russell to win. That's, that's like, right? Am I right? Yeah. No, yeah. you're completely right. And Mello, yeah. Mello said it the best. Mello said he told Westbrook, we're here because of you. Me and Paul both saw how determined you were to win. And we are two guys who at this point in our careers want to win. That attracted mm-hmm. us here, man. So we're here for you. We're we're on your side. We're you know, we're following you uh right. you know, through the gate. So I mean no one wants Westbrook to win more than us, but more than Westbrook, I will always be a Carmelo guy. I desperately yeah, I need Carmelo to get to the final spin. <laughs> I just do. Yeah, I know, I know. Um but yeah, like so like to me, that's that's what it boils down to. Like, I I just want him to, I uh, um, Russell. I want I want him to win a championship, and and I think it would just be so awesome that um, Katie Lee wins a championship, Russell wins MVP, and then the year after that, Russell wins. Uh, a championship with his newfound teammates. Like, that would just be... Yeah, you you and me, we're on the same page. We both have OKC winning it all. Because it's probably yeah. more nostalgia than anything else. Um, but, yeah, that just... It, it it feels like it just needs to happen. Um, but anyway, yeah, the game of the week, absolutely, that was the game of the week. I thought when Melo hit that shot... I was throwing fist bumps. I was just like, yes, win, great. And then when they threw the ball in, and, and honestly, I honestly thought they were about to get five seconds. Um, and they got it in right before that. And the way they guarded that um, inbound, I was just like, no, what What are you doing? Stop. No, What? And then he threw the shot up, and he banked it in. And I guarantee you, he did not call bank. 
Um, and if you are playing on the playground, you know what I mean. That shot did not count. Because <laughs> um, you got to call bank. If you ever shoot a shot, it's a bank shot, you got to call bank. Um, but nevertheless. According to Cat, um, he called game. So I guess that counts. <laughs> nah, that doesn't count. You're called bank. You can call game all you want. They're called bank if you're going to shoot a bank shot. That's, that's the way it yeah, is. Yeah, I agree. Like, I agree. Seriously, I will say, though. I've played on a court before where I made a bank shot, and they're like, no, nah, it doesn't count. And he goes, like, why nah, not? Like, you can call, call it, man. You can yeah, call, I call it. it. But like, I will say the biggest reason, uh, the biggest breakdown in that play was Paul George. Uh, he got hit with this uh, screen that he thought was maybe a little harder it. than it should have been. And then he's just laying nah, on the it ground. It would have been a little harder than it should have been, Juwan. That was a moving It was, screen. but come on. They're not, they're not going to call that on the last Absolutely. game of the shot no, that no, no, they no. didn't even I, think was going to go in. I 100% agree. They should not have called that as a foul. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I agree with you on that on that regard. Um, but regardless, um, that was undoubtedly – the game of the week. Game was, of the week. Yeah, it was just from front to back, man. It was terrific. Um, so let's close this out, man. Um, Geek Vibes Nation. We are moving up in the world. We have so many different shows. We got this show, Full Court Press. We got Geek Vibes Live. Every Sunday at 8 o'clock, we have Wrestling Geek Alliance, uh, hosted by Dane Owls. That show is on every Thursday, starting next week. And let me just let you guys know we are moving to Wednesday, uh, starting next week, to accommodate Joel, because he's got his, uh, (laughs) you know... Reasons why we need to move to Wednesday. Granted, there are uh, ESPN games on Wednesday, but you know, we're we're we're, we're all about our own people. Nevertheless, <laughs> we're all about our own people. Um, Joel, so we're gonna, gonna hear this and go, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> uh, he knows. Like, fuck it. He knows. Um, but anyway, we are going to be Wednesday from this point forward, Wednesday, nine o'clock every week, uh, we're going to have our show, uh, and please, uh, like and subscribe to our Facebook page. We got a YouTube page, Geek Vibes Nation, that's our page, and, uh, you know, let us know any feedback that you want us to hear. Um, we'll be happy to cover anything that you want us to cover. And, uh, Juwan, you got anything to say before we uh, sign out here, brother? Uh, nothing, man. You pretty much covered everything. It was a great show tonight. Had a lot of fun. Can't wait till our new night next week, Wednesday, where we'll talk some more basketball. Hopefully some more great games uh, have happened at that point that we can kind of go over again. Hell yeah, man. And hopefully 
Eric Bledsoe has finally been traded at that fucking point. We can only hope so, man. Jeez. I know. Like, like just like figure out a trade, Phoenix. Like, do something. Although, I will say, Mike James has been balling out. Like, that dude, like, good for him. Like, he's been the... If you were going to get a... Uh, uh, Storybook uh, player of the year, Mike James. That's the guy. Um, <laughs> but anyway, hey, hey, man, I'm serious. That's the guy. He, like, man, he's he's it's like I. He's had a great he's well, had a great year and was not expected to even be in the league. We do have to point out one thing we learned from this week in basketball, Nick. Never What's tweet that? while at the hair salon. <laughs> yeah. Never, never, ever tweet while at the hair salon. Because absolutely, you might get sidelined until you get traded. Uh, yep. But, hey, uh, if you're Eric Bledsoe, you know, got to use excuses <laughs> as you can find them. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. you gotta get uh, them when they come. <laughs> that's right, because there was no hair salon, and that motherfucker wants to be out of Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, that is obvious. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, anyway, great show. Uh, I loved it. We had a, a really good time breaking down all of our awards predictions and breaking down the week in basketball. Uh, Juwan. Um, man, thank you as always for being here. And uh, man, what a fun show! Absolutely, man. We always have fun doing this show. We're very passionate basketball fans. Hell yeah! Uh, so we're moving to Wednesday again next week, and we will see you at that date and time, nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And uh, we hope you join us then. By the way, Geek Vibes Live is this Sunday at 8 o'clock. Join us. We got a lot of crazy topics to talk about, um, including um, Justice League is coming out. Thor is coming out. We got so much stuff. Punisher is about to debut. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a great time. Uh, so join us for that. Uh, we got the Wrestling Geek Alliance coming up next Wednesday, uh, as well as a lot of other stuff on the break. We got some uh, um, uh, Walking Dead stuff coming up. We're going to have some Walking Dead shows, as well as some CW recap. Uh, superhero shows. Stay tuned for it all. Thank you for joining us again, and we'll see you next week. Adios. Adios.